Devotional service rendered to me by the living beings revives their eternal life. My dear damsels of Raj, your affection for me is your good fortune, for it is the only means by which you have attained my favor. Purport. Pure devotional service is represented in the activities of the residents of Rajabhumi, Vrindavan. During a solar eclipse, the Lord came from Tawaraka and met the inhabitants of Vrindavan as Samanta Panchika. The meeting was intensely painful for the damsels of Rajabhumi because Lord Krishna had apparently left them to reside at Dwarka. But the Lord obligingly acknowledged the pure devotional service of the damsels of Raja by speaking this verse from the Bhagavatam 10.82.4. Matamore putra bhave karena bandhan atihina jnani kare lala napalan Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Mother sometimes binds me as her son. She nourishes and protects me, thinking me utterly helpless. Sakashuda sakke kari skandhi arohan Tumi kon bada lukka tumi amisan Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. My friends climb on my shoulders in pure friendship, saying, What kind of big man are you? You and I are equal. Priya Jadi Mana Kori Kare Raparsana. Vedashtuti hoiti hari she mori manna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare If my beloved consort reproaches me in a sulky mood that steals my mind from the reverent hymns of the Vedas. Purport According to the Upanishads, all living entities are dependent on the supreme living entity, the personality of Godhead. And it is said, Karta Upanishad 2.2.13, Nityo Nityanam, Chaitanas Chaitananam, Eko Bahunam, Yo Viditati Kaman. One eternal living entity 
supports all the other eternal living entities because the Supreme Personality of Godhead maintains all the other living entities. They remain subordinate to the Lord, even when joined with Him in the reciprocation of loving affairs. But in the course of exchanging transcendental love of the highest purity, sometimes this subordinate devotee tries to predominate over the predominator. One who lovingly engages with the Supreme Lord as if he were his mother or father sometimes supersedes the position of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Similarly, his fiancé or lover sometimes supersedes the position of the Lord. But such attempts are exhibitions of the highest love. Only out of pure love does the subordinate lover of the Supreme Personality of Godhead chide him. The Lord enjoying this chiding takes it very nicely. The exhibition of natural love makes such activities very enjoyable. In worship of the Supreme Lord with veneration, there is no manifestation of such natural love because the devotee considers the Lord his superior. Regulative principles in devotional service are meant for those who have not invoked their natural love of Godhead. When natural love arises, all regulative methods are surpassed, and pure love is exhibited between the Lord and the devotee. Although on such a platform of love, the devotee sometimes appears to predominate over the Lord or transgress regulative principles, such dealings are far more advanced than ordinary dealings through regulative principles with awe and veneration. A devotee who is actually free from all designations due to complete attachment in love for the Supreme exhibits spontaneous love for Godhead, which is always superior to the devotion of regulative principles. The informal language used between lover and beloved is indicative of pure affection. When devotees worship their beloved, as the most venerable object, spontaneous loving sentiments are observed to be lacking. A neophyte devotee who follows the Vedic instructions that regulate those who lack pure love of Godhead may superficially seem more exalted than a devotee in spontaneous love of Godhead. But in fact, such spontaneous pure love is far superior to regulated devotional service. Such pure love of Godhead is always glorious in all respects, more so than reverential devotional service rendered by a less affectionate devotee. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, everybody. Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Hare. 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 Hare Hare.
Taking these pure devotees with me, they shall descend and sport in various wonderful ways. Unknown even in Vaikuntha, I shall broadcast such pastimes, by which even I am amazed. Lord Krishna, in the form of Lord Chaitanya, educates his devotees to develop progressively to the stage of pure devotional service. Thus he appears periodically as a devotee to take part in various wonderful activities depicted in his sublime philosophy and teachings. There are innumerable Vaikuntha planets in the spiritual sky, and in all of them the Lord accepts the service rendered by his eternal devotees in a reverential mood. Therefore, Lord Sri Krishna presents his most confidential pastimes as he enjoys them in his transcendental realm. Such pastimes are so attractive that they attract even the Lord, and thus he relishes them in the form of Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, everybody. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. The influence of Yoga Maya will inspire the gopis with the sentiment that I am their paramour. Yoga Maya is the name of the internal potency that makes the Lord forget himself and become an object of love for his pure devotee in different transcendental mellows. This Yoga Maya potency creates a This Yoga Maya potency creates a spiritual sentiment in the minds of the damsels of Raja, of which they think of Lord Krishna as their paramour. This sentiment is never to be compared to mundane, illicit sexual love. It has nothing to do with sexual psychology. Although the pure love of such devotees seems to be sexual, one should know for certain that nothing can exist in this cosmic manifestation that has no real counterpart in the spiritual field. All material manifestations are emanations of the transcendence. The erotic principles of amorous love reflected in mixed material values are perverted reflections of the reality of spirit. But one cannot understand the reality unless one is sufficiently educated in the spiritual science. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Ami Ana Jani Taha, Na Jani Govigan, Dunhar Rupa Guni, Dunhar Nitya Hari Man. 
Neither the gopis nor I shall notice this, for our minds will always be entranced by one another's beauty and qualities. In the spiritual sky, the Vaikuntha planets are predominated by Narayana. His devotees have the same features he does. The exchange of devotion there is on the platform of reverence. But above all these Vaikuntha planets is Goloka, or Krishna Loka, where the original personality of guided Krishna fully manifests his pleasure potency in free, loving affairs. Since the devotees in the material world know almost nothing of these affairs, the Lord desires to show them these affairs. Since the devotees in the material world know almost nothing about these affairs, the Lord desires to show these affairs to them. In Goloka Vrindavan, there is an exchange of love known as Parakiras. It is something like the attraction of a married woman for a man other than her husband. In the material world, this sort of relationship is most abominable because it is a perverted reflection of the Parakiras in the spiritual world where it is the highest kind of loving affair. Such feelings between the devotee and the Lord are presented by the influence of Yogamaya. The Bhagavad Gita states that devotees of the highest grade are under the care of Daivamaya or Yogamaya. Mahatmanas Tumamparta Daivimprakitim Ashita Bhagavad Gita 9.13 those who are actually great souls, Mahatmas, are fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness, always engaged in the service of the Lord. They are under the care of Daivi Prakriti or Yogamaya. Yogamaya creates a situation in which the devotee is prepared to transgress all regulative principles simply to love Krishna. A devotee naturally does not like to transgress the laws of reverence for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But by the influence of Yogamaya, he is prepared to do anything to love the Supreme Lord better. Those under the spell of the material energy cannot at all appreciate the activities of Yogamaya, for a conditioned soul can hardly understand the pure reciprocation between the Lord and his devotee. By, by, but by executing devotional service under the regulative principles, one can become very highly elevated and then begin to appreciate the dealings of pure love under the management of Yogamaya. In the spiritual loving sentiment induced by the Yogamaya potency, both Lord Sri Krishna and the damsels of Raja forget themselves in pure spiritual rapture. By the influence of such forgetfulness, the attractive beauty of the gopis plays a prominent part 
in the transcendental satisfaction of the Lord, who has nothing to do with mundane sex. Because spiritual love of Godhead is above everything mundane, the gopis superficially seem to transgress the codes of mundane morality. This perpetually puzzles mundane moralists. Therefore, Yoga Maya acts to cover the Lord and his pastimes from the eyes of mundaners, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 7.25, where the Lord says that he reserves the right of not being exposed to everyone. The acts of Yoga Maya make it possible for the Lord and the gopis in loving ecstasy to sometimes meet and sometimes separate. These transcendental loving affairs of the Lord are unimaginable to the empiricists involved in the impersonal feature of the absolute truth. Therefore the Lord himself appears before the mundaners to bestow upon them the highest form of spiritual realization and also personally relish its essence. The Lord is so merciful that he himself descends to take the fallen souls back home to the kingdom of Godhead, where the erotic principles of Godhead are eternally relished in their real form, distinct from the perverted sexual love so much adored and indulged in by the fallen souls in their diseased condition. The reason the Lord displays the Rasa Lila is essentially to induce all the fallen souls to give up their diseased morality and religiosity and to attract them to the kingdom of God to enjoy the reality. A person who actually understands what the Rasa Lila is will certainly hate to indulge in mundane sex life. For the realized soul, hearing the Lord's Rasa Lila through the proper channel will result in complete abstinence from material sexual pleasure. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Dharma Chari Rage Dukhe Kare Nilan, Kabu Mile Kabu Nami Lai Gavira Katha. Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Pure attachment will unite us, even at the expense of moral and religious duties and karma. Destiny will sometimes bring us together and sometimes separate us. The gopis came out to meet Krishna in the dead of night when they heard the sound of his flute. Srila Rupa Goswami has accordingly composed a nice verse, see Adi 5.224, that describes the beautiful boy called Govinda standing by the bank of the Jamuna with his flute to his lips in the shining moonlight. Those who want to enjoy life in the materialistic way of society, friendship and love should not go to the Jamuna to see the form of Govinda. The sound of Lord Krishna's flute is so sweet that it has made the gopis 
forget all about their relationships with their kinsmen and flee to Krishna in the dead of night. By leaving home in that way, the gopis transgressed the Vedic regulations of household life. This indicates that when natural feelings of love for Krishna become fully manifest, a devotee can neglect conventional social rules and regulations. In the material world, we are situated in designative positions only, but pure devotional service begins when one is freed from all designations. When love for Krishna is awakened, the designative positions are overcome. The spontaneous attraction of Sri Krishna for his dearest parts and parcels generates an enthusiasm that obliges Sri Krishna and the other gopis to meet together. To celebrate this transcendental enthusiasm, there is need of a sentiment of separation between the lover and beloved. In the condition of material tribulation, no one wants the pangs of separation. But in the transcendental form, the very same separation, being absolute in its nature, strengthens the ties of love and enhances the desire of the loved. But in the transcendental form, the very same separation, being absolute in its nature, strengthens the ties of love and enhances the desire of the lover and beloved to meet. The period of separation evaluated transcendentally is more relishable than the actual meeting, which lacks the feelings of increasing anticipation because the lover and beloved are both present. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Essence of mellows. Kariba, I shall do. Aswada, tasting. Eduare, by this. Kariba, I shall do. Shab, all. Bhaktere, to the devotees. Prasad, favor. Eshab, rasi, nirasa, karibe, aswadan. Eduare, karibsa, bhaktere, prasad. I shall taste the essence of all these rasas, and in this way I shall favor all the devotees. Eshabras, Niryas, Kariba, Asvada, Edwari, Kariba, Shab, Bhaktira, Prasada. Rajera, Nirmala, Ragi, Shuna, Bhaktagan, Raga, Margi, Bhakti, Jaina, Chari, Dharma, Karma. Hare 
by hearing about the pure love of the residents of Raja. Devotees will worship me on the path of spontaneous love, abandoning all rituals of religiosity and fruit of activity. Many realized souls, such as Raghunath Das Goswami and King Kulashekar, have recommended with great emphasis that one develop the spontaneous love of Godhead even at the risk of transgressing all the traditional codes of morality and religiosity. Sri Raghunath Das Goswami, one of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, has written in his prayers called the Manakshiksha that one should simply worship Radha and Krishna with all attention. Na dharmam na dharmam shutigana niruktam kilakuru. One should not be very much interested in performing Vedic rituals or simply following rules and regulations. King Kulashekar has written similarly in his book Mukunda Malastotra. Give us a tune. One more time, what's too good? Closer to the mic though, we gotta hear. attraction for performing religious rituals or holding any earthly kingdom. I do not care for sense enjoyments. Let them appear and disappear in accordance with my previous deeds. My only desire is to be fixed in devotional service to the lotus feet of the Lord, even though I may continue to take birth here, life after life. Shamalangi, make sure to collect that verse. Anugrahaya Bhaktanam Manushtam Deya Mashitaha Bajate Tadrishi Krida Yashut Vatak Paroba Bed Anugrahaya Bhaktanam Manushtam Deya Mashitaha Bajate Tadrishi Krida Yashut Vatat Parobabed 
three vibes up. Anugrahaya bhaktanam Anusham dehum ashrata Bhajate tadrishi krida Yashrutva tatparo human-like form and performs his pastimes. Just mercy to the devotees. Having heard such pastimes, one should engage in service to him. This text is from Srimad Bhagavatam, 103336. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has innumerable expansions of his transcendental form, who is eternally, who eternally exists in the spiritual world. Again, this text is from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.33.36. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has innumerable expansions of his transcendental form, who eternally exists in the spiritual world. This material world is only a perverted reflection of the spiritual world where everything is manifested without inebriety. There, everything in its original existence, free from the domination of time, there, everything is in its original existence, free from the domination of time. Time cannot deteriorate or interfere with the conditions of the spiritual world where different manifestations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are the recipients of the worship of different living entities in their constitutional spiritual positions. In the spiritual world, all existence is unadulterated goodness. The goodness found in the material world is contaminated by the modes of passion and ignorance. 
The saying that the human form of life is the best position for devotional service has its special significance because only in this form can a living entity revive his eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The human form is considered the highest state in the cycle of the species of life in the material world. If one takes advantage of this highest kind of material form, one can regain his position of devotional service to the Lord. Incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead appear in all the species of life, although this is inconceivable to the human brain. The Lord's pastimes are differentiated according to the appreciating capacity of the different types of bodies of the living entities. The Supreme Lord bestows the most merciful benediction upon human society when he appears in his human form. It is then that humanity gets the opportunity to engage in different kinds of eternal service to the Lord. Special natural appreciation of the descriptions of a particular pastime of Godhead indicates the constitutional position of a living entity. Adoration, servitorship, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal love are the five primary relationships with Krishna. The highest perfectional stage of the conjugal relationship enriched by many sentiments, gives the maximum relishable mellow to the devotee. The Lord appears in different incarnations, as a fish, tortoise, and boar, as Parusharam, Lord Rama, Buddha, and so on, to reciprocate the different appreciations of living entities in different stages of evolution. The conjugal relationship of amorous love called Parakiras is the unparalleled perfection of love exhibited by Lord Krishna and his devotees. A class of so-called devotees known as Sahajyas try to imitate the Lord's pastimes although they have no understanding of the amorous love in his expansions of pleasure potency. Their superficial imitation can create havoc on the path for the advancement of one's spiritual relationship with the Lord. Material sexual indulgence can never be equated with spiritual love, which is in an unadulterated goodness. The activities of the Hajjas simply lower one deeper into the material contamination of the senses and mind. Krishna's transcendental pastimes display eternal servitorship to a dhokshaja, the Supreme Lord who is beyond all conception through material senses. Materialistic, conditioned souls do not understand the transcendental exchanges of love, but they like to indulge in sense gratification in the name of devotional service. The activities of the Supreme Lord can never be understood by irresponsible persons think the pastimes of Radha and Krishna to be ordinary affairs. The Rasa dance is arranged by Krishna's internal potency, the Yoga Maya, and it is beyond the grasp of the materially affected person. Trying to throw mud into transcendence with their perversity, 
Sahajiyas misinterpret sayings tat pratvena nirvalam and taro tat paro by misinterpreting tadrashi krida they want to indulge in sex while pretending to imitate Lord Krishna. But one must actually understand the imports of the words through the intelligence of the authorized Goswamis. Srila Nartam Das Thakur in his prayers to the Goswamis has explained his inability to understand such spiritual affairs. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. When I shall be eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis, then I shall be able to understand the transcendental love affairs of Radha and Krishna. In other words, unless one is trained under the disciplic succession of the Goswamis, one cannot understand Radha and Krishna. The conditioned souls are naturally averse to understanding the spiritual existence of the Lord. And if they try to know the transcendental nature of the Lord's pastimes, while they remain absorbed in materialism, they are sure to blunder like the Sahajyas.
Now let's see which uh, questions or reflections the devotees have. We're just checking in here with the question grid. And Nitya Tarangani asked the following question. She says, in the Japa session, when reading from Srila Prabhupada's purports, 
this point was mentioned, developing service attitude towards the Lord helps us to chant without offense. Can I ask you to elaborate on this service attitude? Well, one way it's distinguished is by the opposite. Its opposite means that I want to be served, which is a miserable position of life because it's not our constitutional position, unless that's your service to be served, in which case it's an austerity. And thinking about service, how can I do good for others is the best of all kinds of service. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Atmao pangena sarvatra samam pashitu arjuna sukham vayaribadukam sayogi paramomataha. The highest yogis are those who have a sense of empathy for others. And therefore, they go out of their way to try to serve others by giving them a connection to Krishna. And we notice that in our Krishna consciousness movement. When we're in that mood of giving Krishna consciousness, first of all, to ourselves, you have to be merciful to yourself first and then to other people. Then naturally there's a kind of electricity in the air. And you can test this out, the service attitude, by thinking ahead. How can I do service? How can I do better service? When you go to the temple, for instance, you might think, well, where's my seat? How come I don't get a pillow? How come... Uh, nobody's looking at me. But if you go there thinking, I'm going to serve when I get there. I want some service. I'm going to wash pots. I'll wash the toilets. Start there. If you volunteer to wash the toilets, I guarantee you, your job will get better. Guarantee you. In fact, I have a friend, a devotee somewhere in the world who had to uh, get a job. He had a job on and off in his life, just enough so he could keep doing his services. And at one point, he wanted a job that was flexible, where he could do it his own time, and he didn't have to work all day, uh, beholden to some boss. And so he got this job cleaning public toilets. And I asked him about it, because he announced it a couple times that he was doing that. Uh, and during the course of my visit, and he said, I want to tell you a secret. Ever since I started washing the public toilets, my job has become much better. I feel more, <laughs> more situated in Ternata Pisunice Na, and my whole life has become better. So be humble and think, how can I serve? And if you do that, then you'll naturally be happy. Christian. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Jeev Krishna das e bishwas, korleto ardhukonai. If you want to be free from dhuk, unhappiness, then think like a servant. Jeev Krishna das, I'm a servant of Krishna. We have enough people vying for position to be served in the world. And it's a crowded field. But if you want to become an unalloyed servitor with no expectation of return, then you're in rarefied company. And you'll always be happy, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, if you think like that. Immediately, all your misery will go away. It doesn't matter where you are. Even self-help gurus say this. Andrew Carnegie wrote a book called 
how to stop worrying and start living. And in the book, he says, when you're overcome by the situation of your life, you could be going through some major reversal of fortune, stress. If you then think, how can I do some service for others at that time? He said, you'll find that you get relief almost immediately. It's a universal principle because our constitutional position is that of the servitor. We have to serve. That's our dharma. But if you align the service properly by thinking, how can I serve the devotees? In fact, think, how can I become the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant a million times removed and take the most insignificant kind of service or at least have a humble attitude in whatever you do that you're the servitor, then Krishna will very quickly recognize you, give you taste. Thank you for your nice question. Nitya Tarangani Devi Dasi. Shingaras Hare Krishna. Shingararas uh, writes a question. All glories to the Prophet. How does being ex equipoised look like in, the, in real life, specifically if one is going through distress in life? What, it's what it looks like for the most advanced sadhus, if their house is burning down or if they just won a million dollars, they're the same. They're not affected because they see the material world's just changing around me. Million dollars comes, it's, it's, it's not mine, it's inconsequential. The house burns down, it wasn't mine anyway. Uh, and it, it's a reversal of fortune. Same. Means same, equal. Darshana means to see. The devotee sees the world in all its ups and downs equally because he or she is only interested in one thing, serving Krishna. Everything is utilitarian. I'm using everything in Krishna's service. What it looks like for us is that we remain steady in our service. Even we maybe go through some emotional ups and downs, we stay steady and perform our service come hell or high water. Whatever may come, we stay engaged. We don't stop serving. We don't stop chanting Hare Krishna for any reason or for anyone. We go on chanting to our last breath. That means we've found that equiposition, that there's only one place where I have a firm standing, and that is when I'm taking shelter of Krishna, and the way to take shelter of Krishna is to chant Hare Krishna and to serve him. Bhakti Rohit writes, we have learned from Sri Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that we must be humble to continuously chant the holy name, however, sometimes it so happens that this mood of humility goes so far off to a level of self-abnegation that it stops us from doing something that we are actually capable of. How can we draw a line between humility and humiliation of oneself? You could take the example of Arjuna. Prabhupada asked the question, after he heard the Bhagavad Gita from Krishna and he went out and did his duty of killing the enemy, was he being humble? Humility doesn't mean to become a doormat. It also doesn't mean to be constantly depressed about one's own situation in life. It doesn't mean lack of self-esteem. Rather, it means 
actual esteem based on the fact that I'm an eternal servant of Krishna. And real humility means to take the position of Krishna's servitor and the attitude that whatever Krishna says is truth eternally. And if I follow it or even try to follow it, then I'm in the proper constitutional position in my life. And no matter what anybody else says, I'm going to follow his instructions and I'm going to go on with the practice of devotional service. This is actual humility. It means taking one's own conception of what I should do and how I should organize my life, which is a conceited conception, self-centered, thinking I know better, and putting in Krishna's hands and saying, instead, I'm going to follow Krishna's ideas and plans to the best of my ability throughout life. And I continually defer to Krishna and his representative, the spiritual master throughout my life, in order to understand what I should do. This is humility. It doesn't mean that I cower, and it also doesn't mean that I think less of myself because I'm thinking of myself as a servitor of Krishna. It means not to think of oneself as being self-directing and knowing what to do. I simply follow the Krishna's instruction. Mukharavinda Prabhu gives a reflection. Today's Hare Krishna tune transported me to the Kirtana Oasa Yagya at Lytton Plaza. Hari Bol, Jai, Mukharavinda. And it's, we have all those experiences together in that Lytton Square, and they're all recorded inside. And uh, it's the most blissful occurrence when we can remember those. And sometimes when I'm sleeping, I have a dream that I'm out distributing books. And I always wake up feeling so happy. Of course, the other night I had a dream I was distributing books and nobody would take. And I woke up feeling <laughs> a little bit upset. But the point is, as we perform devotional service and have all these peak experiences in yagya, the janmashtamis we've all had together, the kirtans, the yagyas, the book distribution, the times when we've had victories, the times when we've been most down and somehow or other we came up again by the association of devotees. All of those add up in their aggregate to a maturity that gives us this abiding faith in the holy name in Krishna and his devotees. And that becomes our actual disposition in life. That becomes our psychology. And that's what transports us to the spiritual world. Krishna said, Whatever your strong emotion is when you leave this world, that will carry you to your next position. Material nature is all accommodating. Krishna is all accommodating. And wherever we want to go, we can go. In today's verses, in the purport to the Adi Lila, chapter 4, text number 34, about three paragraphs from the end, Prabhupada wrote that the appreciating capacity of the living entity becomes more prominent in the human form of life. And the more we develop the appreciating capacity for Krishna Kata, and the more we develop a liking for it, and then it becomes very specific. We like a specific kind of pastime. This is a sign, he wrote, in the next paragraph, first sentence, that 
we have an eternal position in the spiritual world. It becomes awakened. So all of these practices that we're doing together, somehow or other holding together, and whatever situations we run into, we fix the best we can, and we go on chanting Hare Krishna. This is how one actually makes it back to the spiritual world, by using this life as a springboard. The Bhagavatam says human life is very rare and it's very temporary, but you can use it by bhakti in order to attain the highest eternal destination. Hare Krishna. So it looks like we've run out of questions on the board. So let's just see if there's anybody from the Zoom room that wants to make a reflection or ask a question. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Then oh, Hare Krishna. Prabhu, I, I had a question and also a, a comment. So the question was, we read in the purport that, um, you know, it mentioned that um, the highest is Madhurya Ras. And then if, uh, people who are in Madhurya Ras, uh, I mean, it, it just mentioned basically, I, I don't remember the exact line, but it mentioned that, um, you know, for a devotee, Madhuri Ras is the best. So my question is, um, you know, I always add this question. So everybody who is connected to ISKCON, who reads this Bhagavatam, is going to achieve Madhuri Ras? Or uh, what about people who are in um, Sri Sampradaya or any other Sampradaya? So how do we take that in the context there? First of all, it through which one develops one's style. Prabhu cannot hear you. No? Maharaj, your voice was coming a little low and... Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, but your volume is very low. Really? Yeah. Bizarre. Extremely low. Bizarre world. I'm coming off the. Uh... No, Maharaj, we can hear you now. It's kind of okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, much, much better. Thank you, Maharaj. First, thank you so much. Sorry for that. Who knows what makes technology go through permanent, <laughs> through its uh, complications. So anyone who has a Staibhav is completely satisfied in that particular rasa. For instance, Hanumanji is so satisfied being a servant. That's his nature. Narada Muni has a particular rasa. He's actually attracted to Vaikuntha. But it doesn't mean that he's thinking, oh, I got, I have to promote myself. It's not like a corporate environment. It's like, oh, how come I'm here? I want, I want to be, I want to move up to the next place. There's a, a natural affection, a natural inclination towards a, a particular rasa, which is based on service. The spiritual world is about service. It's not about what I get. 
It's not about what I want to be in the spiritual world. It's about how to serve Krishna. Now, if you join an orchestra, and in the orchestra, then you say, no, I want to be the lead violinist. I don't care about anything. It's like, hey, we asked you to play the timpani. And the timpani is beautiful at its time. It creates a kind of uh, roaring sound uh, during the crescendo. And that's something that adds to the overall <laughs> mellow of the of this symphony. And so devotees, whatever rasa they're in, add to the variety of pleasure that they give to Krishna. So if Krishna didn't have parents to go home to, and then so he, he'd feel this ecstasy of the love of his mother, what to speak of sneaking out at night again. I mean, I don't know about any of you, but when I was a kid, I used to sneak out sometimes too. And it's really exciting, you know, in the summertime, go out the window <laughs> and go for a walk in the, you know, at night or something like that. And, and there's an excitement to it. Krishna does that. He sneaks out. And um, so all of the different rasas complement the overall pleasure that Krishna is getting. So the devotees are feeling completely satisfied in whatever rasa they're in. And also, at simultaneously, as they're appreciating their own position or fully uh, absorbed in their position with complete satisfaction, wouldn't want to change it for anything. They're also appreciating the hierarchy and that there are some devotees that are in different rasas that are even more relishable. But consider this, from every rasa, one's able to also appreciate the Madhurya rasa. It doesn't mean you have to be in Madhurya rasa to appreciate it. The fact is that some who are other rasas that are complementing the Madhurya rasa are actually also relishing the Madhurya rasa. And so there's this, uh, and, and those in Madhurya Ras are also appreciating those in other Rasas. You'll find when Narada Muni, who's looking for the devotee who got the most mercy, who's getting the most mercy from Krishna, goes from, from one devotee to the next. Each one says, it's not me. And they're pointing, everyone's pointing to another devotee. And when Narada finally gets to Vrindavan and interviews the gopis of Vrindavan, they'll say, oh, it's not us. Of course, there are some instances in which Radharani said, no, it's me, because she knows that her, her association is the only thing that gives com Krishna complete pleasure, so she'll put herself forward. And that's what I said before. It's, there may be positions of service that don't look like service or may look like, oh, why are you putting yourself forward? That has to be done for Krishna's service. But that's always the main consideration. So the idea that I, I have a... A particular rasa I want to upgrade and I, I'm not going to be satisfied till I get it. I mean, that you'll see in the story of Gopal Kumar and the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, there's a natural way in which he goes <clears throat> to various realms and in each one of them he gives his heart and soul to the particular deity that's there. But then he, he feels some sense that this isn't my exact place until he comes to his Staibhav. He's a go he's a coward boy. He's a Gopa, Gopa Kumar. And Narada finally has to come to him and says, listen, you're really lucky, you know, you belong to a, another place. And uh and so he, his mantra brought him there gradually. So we don't have to worry too much. We don't have to try to uh, harpoon a particular rasa and say, That's my rasa, I'm gonna hang on to it. 
these kinds of considerations come in after we've come past uh, nishta and, and ruchi and asakti, then Krishna reveals to us in our mind the kind of way in which he wants us to serve him and the devotee feels that, oh, I thought of this, I wanna serve him like this. And those two ideas converge and there's a solidification of that particular mood that um, becomes completely um, consuming. It is totally consuming for the devotee and altogether satisfying. So this point is made again and again in the various uh, bhakti scriptures as, and especially it's stated emphatically by Sanatana Goswami, the Briyat Bhagavatamrita. There's not this sense of I need to trade in, I need to trade up. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Okay, Hare Krishna. The comment I had is I was remembering Sudhi Prabhu who used to, who always cleans the bathrooms on Sunday. So, you know, I was just remembering him. When you were mentioning about if you were able to clean the bathroom, then, you know, your chanting would improve. Yeah, you'll have to fight him for that service if you want it. Because <laughs> he's, he's, totally, he's completely happy in it, you know, he's very, very happy. And I noticed on uh, the last Janmashtami we had, I was, not this last one, the one before when we were parking all, there were devotees way down the street parking cars. They weren't part of the kirtan or anything like that, but were they feeling ecstasy? Yes, they were in another block but they are doing some special yagya for Krishna. So they are no less connected. And uh, this is the nature of devotional service is absolute. Whether one's worshiping the deities, distributing books, washing the pots, cleaning the floor, it's all absolute service. Advaya Gyan Tattva, Krishna is there and he's fully present. So uh, the main point for devotees is to think, how can I do service? How can I be the servant of the servant? Maharaj, uh, can I add something to, to what yes. you said? So um, today morning, Bhakta Rohit, the one, the, the mean king, <laughs> he shared something that he's working on and he picked up a quote from one of your lectures and I shared that meme with you on text message. And uh, so the essence of that meme is that um, the soul has an enviable position of being an eternal giver or servitor. And I was just thinking that, you know, when we are engaged in service, we are so blissful. Yet others might just think that, you know, what's wrong with them or just get envious that how come they are enjoying so much in this bad material world and I'm trying so hard and to get happiness through material means, but I'm not getting it. So, yeah, let us share that. Thank you. Yeah, so much of it is a misalignment uh, that... I develop a contrary attitude. In fact, we say, uh, how can, what is the mood in which one leaves the spiritual atmosphere? Actually, it's not that I want to be the enjoyer as much as that I, I want to be the controller because enjoyment's always there, but controlling, and that's a, a product of we're a stamp of the Supreme Personality of God, like a little sample. So because he's Ishvara Paramakrishna, we have some tendency also <laughs> control and thinking, oh, how can I control in the material world? So the material world's given as a place, okay, you try here. And then apetasya viparya yosmriti. Viparya smriti means I get this reversed mentality. I'm, I'm supposed to be a servitor. That's how I'm happy. Even Lord Nianda serves, Balaram serves, everyone, Advaita Acharya. But I think... I'm the king. I'm going to be the 
the, the controller of, every, of everyone and everything, or my little, uh, if I have a shopping cart and uh, a few things to push around, I think uh, this is, I'm the controller of this. Uh, Brahma may think I'm the controller of the universe. And this controlling attitude separates us. And I think that instead of let Krishna be the controller and I'm a servitor. Thank you, Shraddha. Hi, Krishna, if I may. Oh, look, it's Hansapriya. Hi, Krishna. Not only you may, but we insist upon it. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Thank you for a very, very nice kirtan. It's really, really needed. It felt like a drought, you know. So since now we get once a week rain from you. So it was a really much needed rain after so much of uh, material struggling. I also like the point um, that this week's of struggle and everything made me realize that you're so right. This material world, we should use it as a springboard to bounce back to, you know, to spiritual loka, to the Krishna's eternal realm. And that is, we can bounce back in just getting, observing our chanting from this morning and, you know, just hearing this Krishna Katha. So even though bouncing back seems very far away, but on day-to-day -day basis, like this constant uh, hearing and chanting, you really made me feel like I bounced back something today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hatsupri. It's such a good point. Thanks for bringing it out. And uh, we, we are in a war with the material energy. Don't think that just because, I'm not talking to you, Hatsupri. I'm just talking to myself and, and just saying in a general way, we cannot think that because we've joined Krishna consciousness or now I'm practicing as a devotee that the material energy will relent and back off. Quite on the contrary, it'll, first of all, as long as we're in the material atmosphere, that will be there. And as long as we have a material body, there'll be some complexity due to the body. And therefore we should always be vigilant and be careful to always keep uh, somehow or other in contact with Krishna consciousness and about bouncing back as required, uh, not just on a daily basis, but also on a, a moment to moment basis. Always try to bounce back from wherever the mind comes. Krishna says in sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita to wherever and wherever your mind wanders, bring it back under the control of the self. And in bhakti, we also are, we stay, we keep, ourselves, the mind under the control of the self, meaning under the control of Krishna's instructions uh, to always think of me, become my devotee, bow down to me, stay, stay somehow or other absorbed. And if you somehow get separated, your mind goes a different direction, always bring it back, bounce back. To, and so we can't get discouraged and think, oh, I bounced really far away this time. Just bounce back and keep doing it. And it, it, remember, it's natural for the conditioned mind to, to go here, there, and everywhere. But uh, by practice, Krishna says, and by, by right practice and by detachment, you will come to the goal, which is manmana bhavamad bhakto. Just think of me with uh, complete devotion. And he says the way to get there, maya sakta mana partha yogam yunjan manashraya asamshayam samagramyam just hear from me, Arjuna, how you can become mana asakta. Then the mind becomes attached to Krishna. 
and it doesn't bounce all over the place, it becomes more and more attached to Krishna. And we can feel that when there's an abatement of the lower modes of material nature. Tada rajas tamo bhava kama that mind, the chitta, is in its pristine state. It's clean and clear like glass. But when it comes in contact with all of the influences of the material nature under the modes of rajas and tamas, especially, then it becomes disturbed and it has uh, blemishes, ripples, and we can't see ourselves. But by the practice of Harinam Sankirtan, Acheto Dharpana Marjanam, he's talking about the chitta, Cheto, Cheto Dharpana, it becomes cleansed. And cleansing doesn't mean like uh, you put it through a water purifier. It means that it becomes free from these disturbances, uh, from previous impressions that are accumulated there life after life. And it becomes replaced with the, the impression of Krishna's name, form, pastimes, and so forth. And then the mind becomes attached to that. And this is the victory that is given by the Sankirtan movement. Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. So we have to make ourselves victorious from moment to moment and day to day, week to week. And we also have to go out and make the rest of the world fortunate by going around and giving people an opportunity. And it's that's the most amazing thing to see other people get it and then um, realize that the material world's a colossal hoax and that uh, all the time, this these scriptures, which are aparusheya, when they hear them, the scriptures, they say, oh yeah, this is actually a voice of reason. There's a way human beings want to be reasonable. That's why they're so disturbed nowadays because there's a lot of nonsense being spoken and people just let it go out into the atmosphere and it pollutes everything. People tell lies, they're uh, speaking uh, in, a, in a way that they just want to try to organize uh, so they can control the world and so forth. And this kind of speech, it, it actually agitates everything. It agitates the mind. It agitates the, 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 the uh, material nature. Uh, the prophet's god brother one time, uh, he said, Srila uh, uh, Sridhar Maharaj, he said that the all these filibustering and lies and things people speak, they can actually affect the material nature in such a way that a, a pandemic can can become manifest. You know, from subtle level of, of impure sound, it, makes, it has so many repercussions. So the way to counteract that is by pure sound, by the transcendental vibration of the holy names and the Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's what we can do for ourselves and for the world, always stay in contact with the holy name and with Srimad Bhagavatam as much as possible. Tatonyata kinchana yadvavakshita. If you desire to speak anything different from that, then your mind will be like a boat which is blown uh, on the water and it will not have a resting place. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hey, Vijay Tamadar, Hari Bol. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And um, uh, there are certain sections of Bhagavatam I have to refer. Is it okay if I can share the screen or whoever's administering that they can open it? I don't have control. <laughs> okay, you don't screen share. Okay. 
Sure. So, uh, Maharaj, my question is about the uh, the prayers of the personified Vedas in 1087-25. And in this uh, verse, in this section over here, there's a mention by the Vedas, thus by contact with the soul, the unconscious subtle body seems to be conscious while the soul appears to be the doer. So this is being mentioned. This is also in sync with 514, where it is mentioned that, um, sorry, this, this is not, but over here, Srila Vyas, they refused this idea. And there's a Vedan Sut mentioned over here, 2331 It is mentioned over here that Jiva's soul must be the performer of actions because the injunction of the scripture must have some purpose. So what Srila Vyasdev is saying over here is actually contradictory to 514, which says that the soul is not a doer and the modes are a doer. How can both be true? And if both are actually true, then Vedan Sutra, which are the formulas, seem to be shallower than Bhagavad Gita. So I am actually not able to comprehend this. Could you please? Sure. Actually, this is explained in the commentary by Baladev Bidibhushan from this verse. I'll just grab it for you. Sure. I could not understand your question clearly, Prabhu. Can you a little bit simplify? So basically, I, I will okay, go thank, ahead, you, Ma thank you, Maharaj. Thank go you. ahead. And Bhushan explains this in his Govinda Bhashya. He gives the expression, the jiva, not the modes of the nature, is the doer. So this fact that what Bhushan is saying in explanation is the jiva is the doer. Whereas 5.14 says the modes are the doer. So they actually contract right each other. And it is possible to explain it saying that, oh, in the state when the soul is misidentifying itself with the body, and therefore maybe the jiva can call itself the doer. Even if you give that explanation, then that expression seems shallower than what Bhagavad Gita is saying. And that doesn't sound right. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank well, you, you just answered the question I was going to answer through Baladev. So thank you for that. Um, it, it, it's not a question of, of shallower in in essence, because as you'll find throughout the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna talks about action and the way that we perform action and the way it gets accomplished through the agency of material nature in various places. For instance, in the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna said there are five factors that are concerned with, with action. And in, in the statement that he gives about my, um, uh, I'm sorry, what's the verse? Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha ahankara vimudhatma kartaham iti manyate. This is describing a person who is in a hankar and he thinks himself to be the doer, uh, which are actually carried out by material nature. So he's he's completely bewildered into thinking that I'm doing this. However, you'll see in the next verse, tatvavittu mahabaho guna karma vibhagayo guna guneshuvartanta iti matva nasajite. When a person comes to knowledge and understands, then he sees tattvavit tu mahabaho, he becomes tattvavit, he knower of the truth. He sees that actually these things are going on by the force of the modes of material nature. And the description of such an enlightened person is then given by Krishna in the uh, fifth chapter of Gita, where he says, naiva kinchi kuromiti yukto manyita tattvavit, Pashan Shrinvans Prasanjigran Ashnan Gachan Supan Shasan Pralapan Vishrinan Grinan Unmishan Nimishan Napi 
kinchit. He knows, uh, for the Tatvavit knows, naiva kinchit. Not at any time I'm actually uh, doing anything in regard to the body. It's going on by its own mechanics uh, connected with the material nature. But that's uh, uh, not mutually exclusive from the idea that the, the living entity has a f- free will to decide that I'll go in a different direction at a particular time when he comes to knowledge. And an example given in the commentaries in the Gita, if a father is standing behind a little child and the child wants to lift a heavy weight, then the father will come over behind him and pick it up. And the child will have his little fingers on whatever it is, a barbell or something like that, and think, oh, I'm lifting it, but actually the father's lifting it. Uh, Nonetheless, it's through our agency, the agency of the soul, that we can decide when we come to knowledge. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami, Maya Mugda Jivara Nahit Swata Krishna Gyan, Jivara Krishna Kripa Krishna Veda Puran. That we don't automatically come out of that uh, ignorance and thinking that we're the doer, but when we get some outside influence, specifically we hear from trans, uh, the, the spiritual master from the Shastra, from the Srimad Bhagavatam, about what our real nature is, then we can ascertain the difference between myself and the body, and then our purpose can become different. And therefore, when we're working and uh, moving in the world, although it appears we're, we're being manipulated by material nature, actually, uh, we're, we're uh, liberated, as described by Rupa Goswami. He says that the, uh, the soul becomes uh, liberated even in the present body because he's using everything for Krishna's service. So when one comes to knowledge, it becomes a tattva vit and asserts oneself and saying, uh, I don't want to stay as a servant of the material nature, that instead now I'm putting my purpose towards serving Krishna, then by that agency of his desire, then all the um, circumstances in his or her life change. So we know from the prayer, kama dinam katina katita palita durnidesha stesham jatamayina karna natrapa no pashanti so here's an example of a of a person who's come to this knowledge. He says, I've gained my intelligence. And now I'm no longer going to follow the bad masters of the senses. I'm going to serve. He said, I'm very deliberately going to serve Krishna instead of my senses. So Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Brahman yadaya karmani sangam tyakva kurutiya lipyate sapapena padma patram ivambasa. Such a person who has changed his or her intention now to serve as, is no longer touched by the material nature, is no longer controlled, and is no longer the, under the influence of a hankara through which He's manipulated by the material nature and then thinks I'm the doer. So the agency arrives when the, the soul comes to knowledge and sees that actually I can go in a different direction 
by the mercy of the parampara, by the power of the uh, spiritual master and the, and the holy names and so forth and begins to execute that. That's when the agency occurs. So, Maharaj, thanks for that. Is it, I'm sorry, I'm a fool, I don't understand very well. Is it, uh, these three lines kind of summarize this. So when the person is basically a karmi or lost and having ahankara, then he considers himself the doer. When he goes a little higher and goes into the impersonal domain and wants to differentiate between the body and the soul, at that time, the soul determines that I am not the doer, the mode's the doer. But if it goes even further and realizes that it's an eternal servant of the Lord, at that point of time, there is an action. The soul does become a doer, but at that point of time, does service and in that capacity is a doer. Is that correct way to put it? Three steps or three parts? Sounds okay to me. Okay, thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hey, Bali Mardan Prabhu. Hari Bo. Hare Krishna. I was joining in YouTube, but I just joined to thank you for this beautiful Chaitanya Charitamrita rendition by the youth and yourself. It was so amazing to read you the musical thing, and it really goes in deep into your the heart. Bali Mardan Prabhu came all the way off of YouTube just to tell us that. I'm so touched. Thank you, Prabhu. That's really beautiful. I'm so happy. It makes me so happy. I was thinking this morning, I was really excited to get on this, uh, you know, Japa and then this thing. And I was thinking about how important it is to have our bhajan. You know, if we have some bhajan, no matter what it is, I, you see, I was once I was at uh, Kartik during, uh, uh, I was in Kartik and I was at Radhadamadar temple. Man, was it jammed. You know, everyone's going around doing the, uh, the parikrama. It's like a roller derby, you know, those old women banging you out of the way and stuff like over in the corner next to one of the samadhis, there was this guy every time I was there, I think he was reading the whole Gita every day. And I just couldn't resist. I went over to, you know, in the crowd just to kind of listen in a little bit. And he was like hunched in the corner over there and I do it just totally happy chanting his shlokas. And then I leaned in and he looked up at me like, get out of here. <laughs> what are you bugging me for? And so I went on with my parikram. But I was appreciating how we can really take shelter of our bhajan. If we get, a, we get our bhajan going, get it regulated so that we, that we have something happening, then um, every day at a regulated time, that wears away the, the influence of the material nature becomes very very powerful